And now, The Federal Drive with Tom Temin on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, underwritten by Impress Technology Solutions and Dell EMC. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday, May 1st, 2019. Six minutes past the hour, I'm Jared Serbu, filling in for Tom Temin. Our producers are Lauren Larson and Eric White. Our digital editors are Amelia Brust and David Thornton. Coming up on this hour of the Federal Drive, the role of data hygiene in the zero-trust security model. Also, NIST aims to get more out of its new solar power array than simply electricity for its campus. Those stories and much more ahead during this hour of the Federal Drive. First up, though, Congress killed off the Office of Technology Assessment in the mid-90s, but several lawmakers have taken the first step toward bringing it back. The House Appropriations Committee, in a draft of one of its spending bills, looks to give OTA a $6 million budget for fiscal 2020. Daniel Schumann is the policy director of Demand Progress and a former attorney at the Congressional Research Service. He tells Federal News Network's Jory Heckman what OTA could use those funds for if approved. OTA hasn't existed as a thing since 1995. So this will provide an opportunity to start hiring up the senior staff to figuring out the model for how it will function since it will have to be updated. You know, 25 years have gone by. And it'll give it a chance to start identifying priorities for members and working on those issues. We're seeing a parallel process. So the Government Accountability Office has set up its Science and Technology Advisory Group, the STAA, which appears like it will be focused on oversight and the new OTA, should it make it all the way through the appropriations process, will be focused on the other side, which will be focused on foresight, trying to figure out what's coming down the pike. So it seems like Congress is moving towards a decent balance to start to address science and technology assessment questions. Something else that usually comes up in these conversations is the idea of OTA versus GAO. GAO, of course, is also looking to increase their science and technology oversight capacity. And so my question is, do you foresee any challenges or any concerns that these two might overlap in any way? Later this year, I think around Halloween, we are expecting a report from the National Academy of Public Administration that has been charged by Congress to look at the question of technology assessment inside the legislative branch. And I expect that the guidance that Congress will receive from that process will help inform how GAO will be shaped, how the nascent Office of Technology Assessment will be shaped. Given the hurdles in the upcoming appropriations process, I think that the report from NAPA would be well-timed to really help identify how to construct these two entities and make it so that they play uh, appropriately complementary roles. So I understand that this is still early in the process, this coming only out of the House Appropriations Subcommittee on the legislative branch, but this still has a, a long ways to go. What is your sense of the temperature of Congress in a broader sense of having this go through? Ledge Branch Appropriations Subcommittee is usually one of the first appropriations bills to go through and become law. The full committee will do its markup most likely next week, so it'll get out of the House pretty quickly. But we're seeing signs from the Senate that there is going to be a big pileup over having the hearings and the markups based upon other issues, points of contention around what the big picture budget number is going to be. My guess is that appropriators are going to do what they did in previous years, which is that they're going to try to get as many appropriations that are non-controversial through as quickly as possible in the hopes that Should there be a government shutdown or some sort of an impasse that these bills won't be implicated? So it could very well be that we see these bills sort of slide through in the next couple months, which would be really good. 
but they also might get caught up in the broader political fights, and that would be bad news for everyone because there wouldn't be increases in any of these things, and it risks both the government shutdown and being caught in continuing resolutions as far as the eye can see, and that is not good for the government's ability to do anything. Now, OTA hasn't been functional since the mid-90s. If and when it does get brought back, I imagine it'll need a little bit of a refresh as far as the structure of it and the things that it'll be looking at and the job titles of folks. Just give me a sense of what it originally had done that might need some tweaking or or really what are some of the, the things that are happening now that OTA might be able to sink its teeth in that wasn't on the horizon back in the 90s? was imminent and became real was the creation of the internet and the the changing nature of our economy from one focused uh, largely on manufacturing and natural resources to one that deals significantly with information technology and the the dangers of cybersecurity all those questions you know this this huge sector of the economy that did not exist in this kind of way at all is now here and there are significant questions around protecting technology infrastructure, around what does the internet look like in 10 years, around the way that our economy is reshaped to playing more of a service role than it did in the past. There are many questions, plus, you know, biotechnology is 30 years down the road. Like, all of these questions around climate change and global warming and all those things and how do you adapt and deal with that where do you invest the right type of money to deal with the, the changing nature of our world? Like This is always what OTA has done about trying to figure out how do you make sense of a very complex world in a way that fits with the way that the, the questions that are presented for Congress. To the other question that you, that you sort of raised, which is structure, I think what you do in part is you get some very smart people in to help run the OTA, and they need to figure out and make recommendations back to Congress, along with the recommendations that will come from the National Academy of Public Administration, along with the recommendations that came from GAO already this past month about what does it look like? How does it run? How do you best beat the needs? Does the structure that we have before make the most sense, or are there other things that need to be done to adapt to the changing world in which we live? We've just seen Really, over the last year, for example, uh, the person who used to run the Office of Net Assessment has passed on, and there was a significant fight over Jason, which was an advisory group for the military about technology. So we've seen other models that have existed to provide different types of advice to government around technology, and there's all the technology assessment agencies that exist around the world that are modeled after OTA. So there's a lot of best practices that we can learn from and sort of bring back home so that we can modernize Congress's technology assessment function. And you'd mentioned earlier in the conversation about how in this tag team effort that OTA ultimately should provide foresight, look further down the the horizon at new technologies, and GAO should provide maybe more of the uh, insight, I think you said. So I understand that OTA in the past has usually sent out these like long-range reports of, you know, in the next five years, the next 10 years, technology X, you know, AI or quantum computing, here are the things to watch out for. Is it generally that kind of scope that they put those reports out on? It can be. So there is a report from OTA from the early 90s on communicating with Congress and how that changes, and I still use it. The recommendations and the analysis that they provided at that point is still relevant today. And while there have been some significant technological changes, the underlying points that they were getting at are still spot on. So a lot of it is about 
it's understanding the big picture, understanding how the big pieces are moving. You know, GAO will look at some of those things, but GAO is, is more around, is this agency succeeding or failing against a set of metrics? What should the agency be doing within the scope of the way the agency is currently imagined? You're not going to have bigger picture thinking, just not because GAO isn't capable of it, but that's not the background, that's not their orientation. So questions around like how you deal with cybersecurity within the current configuration, you can make an assessment of whether it works right or doesn't work well. And that is totally within GAO's bailout. But if you say, well, you know, the real threat that's coming down the pipe, it's not cybersecurity, it's X, Y, and Z, or it's a completely different structure to government to deal with these matters. That is something that is more within the scope of what, of what an OTA might be able to do when evaluating science and technology questions. The other sort of question that you ask is, the timeline. So one of the biggest weaknesses with uh, OTA was that it takes a long time for its reports to come out. So it wasn't necessarily attuned to the congressional cycle. And one of its political weaknesses is that it was very responsive to committee leadership, but it hadn't built up a constituency among the rank and file. And that's going to be a real challenge now, which is how do you meet the needs of individual members of Congress as well as the needs of committee chairs? And how do you set yourself up in a way where you can be more responsive, where you can generate these reports in a faster way? And I suggest that the information technology revolution that makes it easier to collaborate at a distance will probably mean that when OTA convenes, it no longer necessarily means they have to do a physical convening. And I think that that actually will have a significant effect in the way that they actually do their business. That's Daniel Schumann, the policy director at Demand Progress and a former attorney at the Congressional Research Service, talking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. And you can find Jory's report at federalnewsnetwork.com. Still ahead on Federal News Radio, NIST aims to get more out of its new solar power array than simply electricity. This is The Federal Drive with Tom Temin on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm Jared Serbu, filling in for Tom. An idea has just been born. No one has seen it yet. It's tiny, but with the potential to change everything. Every new idea is precious in this way, sometimes fragile or half-baked. Its worth might not be immediately obvious. To survive, we must protect their little sparks. There it goes. Good luck, little guy. So many ideas like this are never realized. They could have been so much more than a line in an email or a mumble on a video call. When ideas are explored on Miro, the visual collaboration whiteboard, they're seen by the whole team in real time. Thoughts come to life and grow through team collaboration. Miro is a space where all ideas are taken seriously and seriously good ideas come together in unexpected ways. Join over 30 million people collaborating at Miro.com. M-I-R-O.com.